Hello, ladies. The Big Balboski here. And right now, you're listening to the Matt Madness Podcast. They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. They talking all of Hello, they talking everybody, all and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Ron Pashery Jr., and with me this week are my good friends, Ek2Fly, Eric Trembicki. Oh, geez. And Mr. Wednesday Night Live. We, well, Mr. Thursday Night Live now, I guess. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> We he call switches, him <laughs> switches up like SmackDown. Yeah, we call him Alo. The ladies call him Bela. I don't know which is better. Is it better if you now are Mister Thursday Night Live, or is it like even better if you remain Mister Wednesday Night Live? We don't even do Wednesdays. Uh, I'm not sure. Well, you know what? Just for the feud, I'll stay Wednesday night. Okay, for now we'll keep it Mister Wednesday Night Live until further notice. Um, yeah, a, a historic episode of the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. We are doing a show unlike any we have done before, as there is like a page has been turned in the pro wrestling world. Uh, But before we get into the debut, the premiere of AEW Dynamite, before we talk about the idea of a Wednesday Night War and preview Hell in a Cell... First things first, as always, please subscribe on iTunes and leave a five-star rating and review. And I have something funny to tell you guys real quick. Um, a quick story from something that happened on Friday night. I know specifically Alo will appreciate this more than anyone. Uber uh, Eats. We, it's not an, actually an Uber Eats story. This happened at the uh, Live Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast. Uh, I ran into uh, Ben from Kinetic, who's one of the sponsors of the rights to Ricky Sanchez. And Alo, do you remember me telling you when I went in there that first time when the the epic picture of me that randomly he posted on Twitter uh, last year? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I, I think I told you about the kid that was working for him named Kobe, who I came to find out. I was introduced to him. His name was Kobe, and then I was told Kobe doesn't know anything about basketball, and I thought that was hysterical. <laughs> he only knows about skating. He doesn't know about basketball. I thought it was hysterical. Is he spelled K-O-B-E? No, so it's K-O-B-I. Oh, um, okay. But, like, I, I, it just was funny to me, like, how are you named Kobe and you don't know anything about basketball? So I run into Ben. It was the first time I had seen him in, in a while, and uh, talking for a little bit, and asking him about business. And I was like, by any chance, is Kobe still working for you? Because he was like a really nice guy. And he's like, yeah, not as much. He just uh, he just had a baby. And I was like, oh, how old is the baby? He's like, oh, uh, three months old. Uh, he had a little boy. I'm like, oh, what's his name? And his name is Kyrie. So I'm like, how are you, <laughs> how are you named Kobe and name your son Kyrie and you're not a basketball fan? You don't know anything about basketball. It was just like too perfect to me. I was like, Ben, like, he has to know, like, the irony that he has, a ba- like, such a basketball name, and he named his kid such a basketball name. Like, Kyrie, one of the few guys that could just be known across the universe by just a first name. You name the kid Kyrie, don't know shit about basketball. Yeah, so it's probably funny. spelled K-H instead of K-Y. So, it's, I think it's K-H-Y-R-E-E. Yeah. So, not spelled the same. Uh, 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 <laughs> but, too funny, I had to, sh- I was, like, waiting to tell you that. 
Um, so, the premiere of AEW uh, Dynamite. Uh, I guess the the first thing I'll say is like the the first viewership numbers for the first week came out. Um, we had 1.4 million viewers for Dynamite. 891,000 viewers for NXT. So I actually feel a little bit vindicated for for two reasons. One, I I believe I said very early on I thought they were going to comfortably comfortably be over a million viewers for their their debut episode and comfortably over a million. The other thing that I said either last week or the week before I was talking about like the the core group of the diehard wrestling fan. Like, anyone who's still watching Raw every week, which comes in between 2 million and 2.5 million, every week, you know, usually 2.2, 2.3, 2.4, the total viewers of Wednesday Night Wrestling this week were 2.3 million. So it's like the same weirdos that that are watching on Monday nights every week that are hanging in there every Monday night are probably the same 2.3 million people, roughly, that watched some iteration of Wednesday Night Wrestling this week. Um, but I'll just ask you guys each. Now, Eck, you were fortunate enough to be in attendance. Uh, Alo, you watched from home. Just like me, the first time I've watched live <laughs> wrestling in maybe close to a year. I, I, I gotta admit, I enjoyed that. Maybe more than a year. I think. So I think I stopped watching and started doing YouTube around Thanksgiving last year. So it's probably the first time I've watched live in well over a year. Um, but so my question to both of you is like, how do you feel that it went for AEW's premiere show? Uh, since I was there live, I'll, I'll give it two thumbs up from the jump. Um, the atmosphere, the, the atmosphere, I mean, I got a list of like cons, uh, I'm sorry, pros from the show. Uh, um, I was going to say, wow, you're leading off with cons. <laughs> I, I actually do have a con, but like they're, they're, they're minor. It's like, I felt like I and had it's to not, have them. It's not the con family. I'll, I'll keep it brief. <laughs> like I, I thought there was, um, I thought that if you keep it in three things, one, I thought it was a perfect taste of the product. Um, I have like, obviously everyone's going to complain that there's certain people that were left off the card, but I thought we got a nice little mix of their roster in a two hour gap for the listeners at home. You can't fit a full roster on a two hour show. You get over it. I mean, their, their first show, I thought it was done. Well, uh, it was new. It was exciting. And the only thing I can attest it to from my tenure of going to live events, it, it had a all in vibe to it because it was, yeah, yes. AEW has had four pay-per-views this past summer for live events, but this was, this was their first TV show. And I felt that in the 14,000 plus people around me, they felt that. And you're part of history. It, it, there was excitement there. Actually. So it's great. The three of us I see on my screen, we went to the same arena three years ago. It, <laughs> you, you, I know it was the same arena because I was there. Everything like the garage looked the same. The elevator looked the same. That lobby looked the same. The vibe there was different. I couldn't, I it's hard to say that I was at a wrestling event there three years ago because it was, it, it was orange juice and coffee. It was two different things. 
Were you making lemonade and vodka drinks? No, no, okay. no. So actually, that was only I, a three years ago thing. I don't. Uh, I was gonna actually. The only other time I drank vodka and lemonade since oh. Battleground was all in. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, Chick Fil A lemonade is delicious. It isn't meant to be with lemonade because they killed me when we went to Battleground. <laughs> but that's for another time. That's for another time. Um, yeah, I, I, um, I, I had a blast. The event was special. Um, I, the nitpicks are small. Um, I thought everything delivered. I thought everyone delivered. I think there's small things, and we'll go over it when we talk about the show. There was things I thought over-delivered. Yeah, and before I get to Alo, I just want to say the the vodka and lemonade messed me up, too, that night. If you guys remember, we had to stop the car so I could throw up. Uh, and I just, Vintage. Yeah, on I just, the, no, on the way home. On the way yeah, home, on the way yeah. home. Even better. On the way Classic. home, I was like, Alo, pull over. I think I'm going to throw up. I got, out, I got out and couldn't throw up, and then 10 minutes later, I was like, all right, I am going <laughs> to throw up this time, and I, I did, gonna... and I remember I got in the car, and Alo was like, did you throw up that time? And I was like, yeah, and he, he said something about me no-selling the throwing up. <laughs> <laughs> I, for, I forgot. You guys used to have the same car, because yeah. I, was, I was replaying the drive there yesterday and the drive back. And I was I was thinking about the drive there, and I was replaying me with the Intercontinental Asics <laughs> mixing the yeah. vodka and the lemonade. And I remember being in the Camry, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Okay, Ron must have drove, but I forgot <laughs> I picked you up, and we drove to Aaron." Wow, whoever would have thought that? This was before Alo made his uh, his historic visit to Scott Honda. <laughs> Vibes either way. Yeah, the 04 Camry. So Alo, how yeah. do you think it went for for AEW and their their premiere episode of Dynamite? I thought it was good, uh, especially where they finished. They finished second on cable behind um, the MLB playoffs, and NXT dropped the 10th place this week. So debuting second only behind MLB playoffs, I think that that's that's outstanding for your first week. There's, there's not much. There's nothing better than that at all. Uh, uh, the only nitpick I can actually say is I kind of wanted like more backstage segments, but other than that, I think that's my only nitpick. Are, are we going to dive more into it? Yeah, I mean, I have some, like, general questions. And, and like, okay. as we go, you guys can throw in any, like, specific things that you want. Um, okay. Because, like, I don't have anything really specific in my notes because my interest this week was not, like, in any one match or anything like that. My interest was just in, like, what is it going to feel like to sit down and watch this? What is this show? Like, how is this show going to come across on TV? How are people going to react to it? And then what are the results going to be? So, like, obviously the results are as good as any of us could have hoped for. Like, 1.4 million, to me, that's, like, an excellent debut. Probably even a little better than than I was expecting. Um, And, honestly, I think it's, like, kind of a good sign for wrestling that NXT still did as well as it did with AEW getting as many viewers as they got. Like, they weren't that far off from a million, even with the amount of viewership that AEW got. Alo? Yeah, because Eric sent earlier in the day that uh, Homage was putting the NXT title match on first. And I said, that's genius. I'm not sure if it'll work, but that's actually the smartest move you could do to try to take away as many viewers from the opening of Dynamite as you can. So I I thought that was smart. It didn't really... It it wasn't successful, but that was a smart thing 
to do. And before I, I throw it back to you, Patch, WWE on Fox. I don't know if, if this is just too much or do I love it? Because uh, Roman, so Roman Reigns is on the halftime show for the football game, and they presented Terry Bradshaw, Michael Strahan, and Tony Gonzalez uh, custom elite figures. Wow. <laughs> yes. And uh, and like they were like showing off like the players doing the struts and comparing them to the stars. They would do like somebody would do the Ric Flair strut. They'll show a football player doing. <laughs> Meanwhile, it. Titus O'Neil still doesn't have an elite. Yeah. So yeah, it, it, I, I don't know whether I, like and they were all. I'm sure you seen they've been all over the Fox Sports shows uninterrupted. Um, the herd they were on with Colin with Colin Cowherd. So I don't know if I love this or. or or what? But we already know everything they do outside of weekly television is always pretty entertaining. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I, I think like that, so you know that I will take just about any opportunity presented to me to shit on that company. I'm going to try to like steer clear of that gimmick for the most part this week. So anything I do say you're, you're going to know is like legitimate uh, and not me in character. Um so yeah, I think like they've done a very good job of marketing themselves on Fox. They've done. <laughs> I'm just saying, like literally, just so seeing good. What Aaron's talking about. Yeah, they've done a really good job marketing themselves. It it definitely has made like an impact. Like I've definitely had people that I know who don't follow wrestling, don't pay attention to wrestling, who have like mentioned it to me, like. Smackdown's on Fox now. Like, yeah, I've I've known this for a long time, but like, it clearly has like penetrated the people who don't follow this and don't pay attention yeah. to this. So, they, like, they've done a good job, and this is big for them. And like, another thing that I think is, I think I talked last week about how there's too much wrestling uh, on TV. Like, it's too much. But one thing that I think I was underestimating is. I think there's maybe, like, a perception that people who are not involved in this like we are, like, weekly basis, always talking about it, always paying attention to it in some degree, and knowing the ins and outs of it, the people, like, outside of, like, those like us are seeing the the advertisements on Fox. They're seeing the advertisements on, like, TNT and TBS. And I think there might be, like we might be about to enter a phase where people outside of those like us might start to believe that wrestling is a big deal again because of the way it's being presented right now. Yeah. Um, last week, I forgot to bring this up. I know this isn't a big deal as it used to be, but on the cover, on the cover of TV guide last week, it said, I don't remember the exact title, but it said wrestling is taken over again. It was it, it was on the cover, but it didn't detail any wrestlers on it. Right. It was just one of the the cover articles. I didn't read it, but I, I thought it was pretty neat that that was actually on the front page of TV Guide, even though TV Guide isn't what it was 20 years ago. Yeah, and you don't really need it. Yeah, like there was part of me that was like, I knew it was still a thing. Yeah, like there's, <laughs> I, I think I felt like there's going to be all this product on TV, and the average viewer might be flipping channels, and be like, oh my god, wrestling again? Is there wrestling on every night? But I'm starting to think that, like, that that type of person, like, their interest might be peaked at this point more so than it has been in a very long time because a lot of people, like, forget 
how big of an industry it is. So I like I think the way I'm viewing it is that like pro wrestling is very healthy right now and it may be about to start getting some more people interested in it. Uh so kind of about AEW, I feel like this 1.4 million for probably the next 6 months or so. This 1.4 million is maybe like the high watermark. Like I don't I don't believe they're going to get 1.4 million again next week. I'll be surprised if they do and they may not hit 1.4 million for the rest of the like the next year. Like this may be the highest they get for the first year. Um because obviously it's new, it's the premiere, it's the first one the most interest they're probably ever going to have is like this idea of a new show. So now nah, there's the telefriend, telefriend, telefriend. There's, there's the fans that meant to tell like the casual fan to watch that forgot. There's, there's going to be, and I got to think, all right. So how many people, how many people, uh, does the Leah core center hold? I don't know for sure, but if I had to guess, I'd say between five and ten thousand. All right, so five and ten thousand. So they had. I want to say eighty-five hundred, but I don't. I don't know that for sure. So, so I, my speculation was that some of these venues are going to be running is smaller than where day one was. It was. It, they are. So, yeah. so here's the thing: if their next venues are going to be smaller. That's going to be a large chunk of people that are going to be watching Orange TV. Yeah, some of these people may go to all these shows on the East Coast right away, but that opens a bit, you know, a nice little chunk of people that are going to watch. And then, like, I know, I know for me as someone, like, I got halfway through the show and I was thinking of all my casual wrestling fans or friends that 10,000 that probably that didn't know that this was even Orn tonight. Like, I rattled off five or six people. I'm like, uh, man, I should have told them to watch it. I should have told them to watch it. And then, like, I had people approach me today at work. Yo, what were you doing in D.C.? And then I would tell me, oh, why didn't, you, why didn't you tell me to watch it? I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, why am I, why do, you know, I shouldn't have to dictate what people watch. But I, I, def, I, I could see, I, I think it's definitely going to, it could drop a little bit. But I think as weeks go on, if the product stays good, and then after uh, full gear, I could see it is full gear delivers. I I think we just continue looking up. I mean, you made you made the bold statement a few weeks ago that they get over a million that that first week, and they increased that by fifty percent. So why not keep looking optimistic? Yeah, it's, uh, that's the thing. Like, I don't I don't think they're gonna fall off like to under a million. I just think like there's gonna be people who tuned in out of curiosity who like. So Just maybe don't want to keep watching. Um, as another another casual person, my my brother before Double or Nothing, or I think it was like yeah, it was the weaker. It was like two weeks before Double or Nothing. He he's he like texts me. He's like, "Wow, Vince has competition again." And like I would send him a little bit of stuff here and there. Uh, he watched like the Cody and Dustin match from my Bleacher Report account. So I sent him I sent him something yesterday, and I was like, if you're not busy, watch TNT at 8 o'clock. And I just thought it was like a given. Like, you know what that means. So he's like, why? And I was like, all right, I'm not going to explain it. So I <laughs> sent him, I sent him the, the, the 1 through 10, 
from last night's viewership. And when he saw that, he's like, why didn't you explain this is what you meant? I would have watched it. <laughs> so he, he, and then he replies, he's like, Let, remind me next week. I'm watching. So I, I can see people, people are going to, you know, people are going to tune in if it keeps doing good. I think also the stat of how good the ratings are, that gets out there more and more. People are going to be interested. I mean, I could see that. Like, uh, so personally, I'll be surprised if they match this week's numbers, but I don't think they're going to like fall off. Uh, Alo? Yeah, I'm in the boat with you, Pash. I think that, I think 1.4 would probably be, I think they'll be around that number most of the time. I believe they'll flirt with close to 2 million every now and then. But like I said, I'm, as far, when I'm in the boat with you, it's about the whole. About the whole like 2.3 or 2.5 million people that watch the same stuff on Monday and uh, Monday and Tuesdays before, those are the same people that's actually going to watch this stuff. You know, even if you do get a casual fan, that the casual fan that do drop into AEW, it might not boost the ratings up that much. It might be a few hundred or a few thousand people. So I'm in a, I'm in the same boat with you, but. Even like we just talked about this WWE on Fox stuff. If anything is going to quote unquote make wrestling big, it's this whole WWE on Fox. But if they flirt with two million, that's that's beating it. No, that's not that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, I think 1.4 is that that's like that'll be like their average for a while. They'll flirt with close to two million a few times. But like Pash was saying, I believe like a, Pash said that this is going to be their plateau. This yeah, I think for, for like I think for like the next six months, I'll be surprised if they top. Like, I'll be surprised if they top that. Um, no, what, what I'm saying is your point was it's the same 2.3, 2.5 million people watching this stuff on like watching the the raw the Mondays on Raw and the SmackDown on Tuesdays. That's what he's that's explaining what, your point to. No, that's how I'm explaining it to you. <laughs> no, he he just re-explained it back to you. But continue, sure. Go for it. <laughs> that's not true. Okay. Um, my next question though, is like, obviously a success, uh, for their, their first one, like probably a little better than they expected. I think even better than we expected. Do you think that they honestly did anything, um, to separate themselves from NXT or WWE? Like, do you think someone who has not been watching wrestling for the last 10 years, tuned into Dynamite and was like, yes, this is what I want to watch? Or do you think it was kind of more like, oh, this is just a wrestling show? Like, what do you think they did anything to truly differentiate themselves from NXT or, like, main WWE product? I, I want to say no, because there's nothing amazing that you've... What we saw in two hours, they didn't do nothing that you never saw in 30-plus years of WWE. It's real hard to find something different right off the bat. But, I mean, if you are a fair-weather WWE fan and you didn't like what they did with Neville when he was a superhero or, like, you wanted to not see him pigeonholed in the cruiserweight division, then you saw him against Hangman Page, and you're like, okay, he's a star. He is a star. And then, like, if you're like me and you're a, you were a huge fan of the Attitude Era and you love that hardcore stuff, 
when you saw John Moxley run in the ring and attack Kenny Omega and they brawled through the crowd and then he put him through a glass table, you love that. But again, yes, that's something you've probably seen before. So if you have the itch where maybe you tune into WWE for four weeks consecutively and you're like, wow, this sucks, this sucks, this sucks, and you stop watching, but you saw that, and you're like, wow, that's what I wish they did all the time. Yeah, there, there's something that could get you hooked. But again, you could have been someone that's been a WWE or WWF fan somewhere in your life, and you saw something that you saw before. Yeah, Alo. Before you answer that, I do want to say that, like that image, like the shot of Moxley just about to hit the double arm DDT on the table, like when he had him lifted up. Like if you, like to me, that was like an iconic shot on a wrestling TV show. Like just like the lift up and like that short pause when he had him lifted in the air and then going through the glass. It was like wow. On their first episode, they have like an iconic TV moment. Um, did so, Eck? You didn't really watch on TV. I assume you saw that on the screen I, in the I, arena. Your exact statement actually just brings a question uh, to my head because watching clips on the ride back and you're hearing it back with commentary. Uh, I, I had two questions. This is going to be like a short, like thumbs up, thumbs down. One, how was commentary overall the whole show? I mean, I thought it was. It was pretty good. I mean, definitely better than, like, what we're used to with WWE for the most part. Uh, I think, I thought, like, just hearing JR's voice uh, paired with the excitement in the arena, like, made me feel good. It was almost like comfort food to me. It's, like, probably the best way I could describe it. I got to hear Aaron's thoughts. Yeah, I thought it was fun. Uh, I thought it was good to see Tony Schiavone back. I thought that co- that trio worked better than the trio we've been getting all summer. I thought like t- Tony Schiavone added like the experience to it because like, him and Jr. are friends. They do have that chemistry. I'm still trying to get used to Excalibur, but I thought but commentary the, was fine. These three were better than what we've seen in the pay per views. Is what yeah. you're saying? Mm-hmm. So, so to me, and you know, I was with Richie for hours, and Richie's over Jr. He's over him. But, like, I associate, like, when Moxley made his appearance at Double or Nothing, like, when I think of Moxley in AEW, I hear JR's voice. So, like, I didn't get JR's voice with when he ran in the ring, but being five rows back and seeing it, like, it, it, that was there literally me and three people to my left, three people to my right, everyone just starts shoving there at each other like shoving each other Mm -hmm. in excitement. I've never seen that at a WWE show and it was literally shoving and then everyone's clapping hands and people are just genuinely happy, genuinely excited. And another cool thing about the whole show for some matches and specifically a match like this, you like people were like, the heels would do something cool and they would cheer, cheer, cheer. And the baby faces would get it back and they would lose it. Again, and it would go back and forth, back and forth, and there's six people going all out. Seven people, you include Moxley, and it, I mean, it, it was awesome. But like to me, hey, and you guys and the listeners have heard me say this for years. I'm always biased when I'm there, but then when I got to watch the clip back, I'm like, wow, this is really good. This is like double or nothing vibe. But am I am I obsessing with it because I was there? It seemed to me because I was there, and I'm seeing it. I'm like, this is. You can't find something better than this. 
Now, I, I really thought that it translated well. I thought they presented themselves really well, like, for a live broadcast. Uh, I thought the excitement in the arena came across on TV, and I think that helped the TV product. I think that, for the most part, like, the performers were very much, like, engaged and in the moment. Like, I, I really thought they did a good job of presenting it my like my concern is there probably are some people who tuned in out of curiosity and probably were disappointed because like alo said there wasn't much like there wasn't much non-wrestling match stuff like they had the the opening vignette i thought was excellent uh like and i thought it was really smart to to start with that because it showed you like that they're capable of doing something more. And obviously MJF was like the one piece of like true, like non-wrestling entertainment that you got. And I thought he was great. Uh, so I do think there are probably some people that, that would be like, Oh, I'll just watch NXT. Um, or I'll just stick to Mondays or I'll stick to Fridays or whatever. But I do think like the wrestling fan that just got tired of WWE which they've said that's what they want. Like they want to appeal, they want to cater to that fan. Probably was satisfied and will be happy to tune in next week. Um, so, Ayla, I, I don't remember now if you if you specifically answered this. Do you think they did enough to differentiate themselves from um, NXT slash you know your regular WWE <laughs> programming, or do you think it was just kind of? their own presentation of the same basic thing. Uh, I kind of, I'll say it's the same presentation of the same basic thing. There are different things they did different. Like they always say wins and loss, wins and losses matter. AW and AW is going to be different no matter what from the jump compared to a raw or SmackDown because you don't know all the guys. So it's not like WWE, you watch turn on raw it's the same guys that's been going at it for 10 years and recycled feud. So the AEW, it has that new feel to everything else. I thought, it, I don't know if it was just me, but Dynamite looked better camera, like quality wise and what the pay-per-views look. I'm not sure if that was just me. Uh, prep, me and Prep, prep sent us in a group text earlier. I was going to hit on it anyway. NXT, I don't know what it was this week, but it looked terrible quality wise. Uh, and I don't care what anybody says, NXT, they got to leave full sale if they're going to quote unquote try to compete with AEW because the, the way AEW looks compared to what NXT looks like, that's it's not going to cut. It's like night and day. And like Prep said, NXT looked like Ring of Honor quality. And I, I agree wholeheartedly with him. Right. One looks like the minor leagues and the other one doesn't. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It was like NXT, they always drop the lights and make like put all the focus on the ring which i do like but i don't know if it was just the, they changed the cameras or it looks smoky at times and stuff but yeah aw i thought they did a great job and it looked like a real wrestling show compared to nxt looking like the independent show i think i think nxt looked like that on purpose because triple h had said something in an interview earlier in the week like the way he described nxt is oh nxt is a different product it's darker it's grittier than like raw and smackdown so it's like i think he like really leaned into the darker and grittier quote-unquote aspects of nxt but i think maybe they've learned after one week like oh we're making ourselves look like lesser than than them like do you think 
Do you think WWE expected the viewership numbers to be so lopsided this week? No. Alo, I don't think they. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Ek. No, I don't think it's possible that they would think that. Their their heads are so far up their own asses. They never <laughs> think that's a possibility. I think they thought it might be a bit, might have been a bit closer because we talked about this for the last two weeks leading up to the AEW debut, and they stacked that. They stacked the NXT premiere card up. They made a night of champions, even though nothing spectacular happened on the card. They stacked they stacked the card up, even like we talked about at the top of the show, where they opened the show with the NXT championship, trying to steal the viewers away from AEW. They tried, but I think they th- thought those rated numbers would have been a lot closer than what they were. Aaron, did you did you simulcast them? Did you watch both at the same time? No, I was flipping back and forth. Did it bring back you, memories? Or do you mean like was I like had something on a tablet? Like and, I, I know I know from social media, and like it's funny because you can, like I there's probably there's thousands of fans that probably gave a viewership to each show. Yeah. But like what I was gonna ask more or less did did you like I I know what happened on NXT, but I didn't watch nothing. Like I watched the clip of when Tommaso came out, and I watched the clip of when Balor came out. Like I didn't see the the finish to Riddle match. I didn't see the finish to the tag title match. I was, that's what I was asked. Like, did you get to see like any match kind of as an entirety? Or oh no, I didn't watch any of the matches the entirety. I was just flipping back and forth. So from flipping back and forth, a question for you because what I see all over the internet is from fans, and what I I'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. The, the fans that are trying to be unbiased, it seems like the majority of them say NXT won. AEW zero because because of like the star power utilized in certain things and like if you go opening segment is Cody you know who that is versus Sammy Guevara match is good but you're comparing it against the NXT championship match Riddle versus Cole like someone I see on social media said just because it's that they, they win on that and then it's a good match good match but then you get Balor after like from your thought point, like, do you to me that's agree? Silly. I disagree. I think well, that's well, see, silly because yeah. NXT, they've been like what they broadcast last night are things they've kind of been building towards. Like these guys. Now, granted, it's it's new to USA, but the product mm-hmm. has been ongoing for years, and like yeah. the talent is established, and anyone who watches NXT knows who these guys are, knows these storylines, knows these title holders. And AEW, that was their basically their introduction to the mainstream. So you're not going to get you're not going to be able to put that stuff on on your first show because nobody that you're trying to appeal to that's new knows enough about it. I mean, honestly, I've been following it to some degree. I don't know enough. Yet, like, it's too new for you to put on that type of show. So, to me, it showed, like, a little bit of desperation on NXT's part. Like, we have to do everything we can. You still got your ass kicked. Um, So, yeah, no, I think if that's how you're looking at it, NXT won the night because they put on these big matches. It's like, no, they had to because they were terrified of coming out on Thursday looking bad. And they did anyway. Yeah, um... I agree with a lot with a lot what Pash said, but the, the whole NXT quote unquote NXT one AW zero, you could make that ar- you could make that argument, but I didn't watch the entire NXT show 
I was flipping back and forth. I had more curiosity to, in it, what AEW was doing because, like Pash said, the fact that NXT has been ongoing. We know these guys and what they've been doing for years, and they've been built for the last two weeks. They've been building towards this show to go head to head with AEW because of NXT. They knew what they had to do, but from a match quality, if I watch, if I rewatch NXTs from that went that happened yesterday. If I rewatch it, if I liked it better than AEW, I'll say it. But AEW brought a whole new curiosity factor. And the fact that people saying this stuff, they, they don't know who Samuel Guevara is, like you guys just said. They don't know who, uh, really know who MJF is. They got it takes time. Yeah, I, I, I agree with, you know, everyone's sentiments on that. My, um, you know, my take, I look at it like when I put like my easy couple pros and cons on each show, like, NXT, in my opinion, like their pro segment one championship match ends, bring out Finn Balor. Pro, you bring out a former two-time NXT champion, the first two-time NXT champion. So if I keep going down my list, but so this, and I'll preface with saying, like, obviously I'm still a WWE fan because I still tune in Mondays. I still try to get in on the SmackDown. I know it's not on Tuesdays no more. I still would rewatch it. I still subscribe, blah, 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 blah. So I'm not just trying to crap on the product, but I've been so down on Balor for over a year. So like my whole thing is like, yes, he was amazing in NXT, but like my con to this list is they brought back Finn Balor. Like he's been nobody for over a year. So yeah, like nostalgia wise, this is great. Like he's still like, but this isn't like him leaving WWE and going back to a company. He was great. And like showing up in new Japan and doing something great there. This is him just going somewhere. Like he was good. Like he was irrelevant on SmackDown. He's been irrelevant on raw. So you bring him back. So it's like, there were people, I remember we're exiting the venue and there's someone in the elevator freaking out. Like, Oh, Finn Balor came back. Finn Balor came back. And like somebody asked him, I was like, Oh, like you're really excited about it. He's like, yeah, NXT is such a better show. And I looked at him. I'm like, this, you spend your money to be here. It's such a better show. Like, why didn't you just stay home and watch it? Like, it, instead, for two hours, you were just on your phone. Right. So, I, I mean, my my whole thing is, I don't think if if Wednesday night wrestling is going to move the needle for people that aren't like us that don't watch this crap and say, all right, I'm going to start watching wrestling again. Finn Balor showing up on NXT isn't going to do it. NXT is not going to do it. Because if anything, they're going to say, or like, oh, okay, I've seen him on Raw and SmackDown losing every single match for the past two years. But he shows up on Wednesday and he cut his hair, so now this is supposed to mean something? Yeah. Like, when I saw that, I was like, who cares? I have not cared about this guy for two years. He's been boring only, to me. Only way to care about him is if he's heel and he's with his friends. Yeah, so I was like, all right, this dude has been boring for two years could not be any less interested that he's on NXT. And this might have made an impact if WWE actually made him relevant in the time he was on the main roster. Like he's never I don't has he ever been less relevant than he is right now? No. Uh, yeah, uh no. I I don't know when to say it. Pre pre Bullet Club? <laughs> I mean, uh like maybe the worst intercontinental champion since Ezekiel Jackson. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I I just know I couldn't have cared less. Alo, you were about to say something. Yeah. Now, with I I see what they were trying to do here, because 
we've had people on the show say NXT's booked way differently than what Raw and SmackDown are. So, but they were they were basically trying to pander to that crowd and get a buzz on the internet, whatever. But my question to you guys was because there are a ton of people who need to go back to NXT. For example, I was expecting Asuka to come out after Shayna Baszler's match because on on commentary, Moro kept saying how because Moro kept saying Baszler the most dominant. NXT Women's Champion of all time because she's a believe it or not time's fla- flown but she's been champion for almost a year in a few weeks. Yeah. So so after she beat Candice LeRae, I was like, okay, maybe Austin's going to come back since they brought Ballard back because there are people that need to be like if you're going to make NXT a big deal, you kind of got to cater to that hardcore fan because they're going against AEW, which is the hardcore fan or whatever. So if you want to bring some excitement back to NXT, bring back some of your guys who aren't doing anything. I I agree. There's definitely maybe two handfuls of people that their their career will do leaps and bounds of justice there. I I think you would – I mean me not trying to crap on it. I would prefer seeing more of these mid-card guys show up than somebody who was the the show. Finn Balor was the show. Uh, their, Their first event in Philly, Pash, you and I were there. He was the show. But he hasn't been the show since 2015. So, I mean, that's why, like, yeah, like, something like that. Like, the Fashion Police coming back a few weeks ago. Like, I think that was cooler. Asuka coming back would be amazing. Um, Sami Zayn, if he's ever going to turn babyface, go back to NXT. Um, if No Way Jose is ever going to be on TV, go back to NXT. Um, but there's definitely, yeah, there's people like, uh, there's people like Oscar, um, the revival, they could go back. Well, Oscar, I think she's, cause I had Oscar and Bailey, but even though Bailey's booked like shit, I think they're fine with Bailey up there. Oscar's the one that's in limbo for the most part. That's why I was bringing, that's why I thought about that question. Like, what if you bring Oscar back? I truly like, think they would be best served. And I know you guys are going to think that I'm just saying this because I love her and I'm being partial or I'm being biased. But, like, there's a legitimate reason why I say this. For their women's division, I think NXT would be best served to do everything they can to make a star out of Bianca Belair. Because (laughs) I think she has, like, a personality that's unlike anyone else that they have in that women's division. I think she has a look that's very unique. I think she carries herself in a very unique way. Um, like her look, her attitude, the way that she talks and presents herself, I think is very different. She's got that like, like super strength, which I think is di- like Shayna Baszler is a badass and tough. But like the fact that you can watch Bianca Belair just pick somebody up over her head and do presses with them or do squats holding someone up over their head, that's different. The the long braided ponytail, that's different. The fact that she creates all this very elaborate ring gear, it's very different. And then you have her husband, who is like an electrifying performer. Like, I think that you can make something out of, like, you can make stars out of those two. Like, they can be something special if you allow that to happen. And, I like, I don't know if you get the same type of mileage out of Asuka. Again, I may be biased. You guys may disagree. But, like, I think those two should be a major part of whatever the hell NXT is going to try to do from here forward. Uh, I agree. Bianca Belair is definitely someone that can continue to, to stride in NXT. Uh, I think 
on the topic of the NXT women's division, the NXT women's championship, uh, I think it doesn't make sense for her to dethrone uh, Shayna just because they, we've already been there, done that. She couldn't get it done. It, it's either got to be someone like Asuka making the comeback down or um, the former NXT women's champion. Ember Moon? Was it? No, 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 I'm sorry. NXT UK women's champion. Aaron's Tony Storm? No, Rhea Ripley. Um, Rhea? Rhea Ripley. Yeah, well, they've she, already, she's been they've a- already teased it. They've already teased it. Uh, she's got the look. She's got the character. If someone's gonna be able to beat, her, I mean, that's and they can kind of play off each other with somewhat of a similar character. Yeah. I think Oscar or Rhea Ripley are the the front runners of people to de- dethrone her. Yeah, and it's and, not them too. It's somebody completely left field. Yeah, and the reason I said I made the argument for Balor and Oscar is because remember NXT is that niche audience. But the one thing that's be interesting to see is how much NXT changes. Because I just I don't think that to go against AEW that they can stay at full set. It just looks so much different. So I'm interested to see how, how if NXT will change in the long run. And I like I honestly think the Street Profits of Bianca Belair should be on Raw or SmackDown. Which, you know, so that's interesting now. Like, I think they're larger than life. They are. So, but then that's an interesting thing now is like, do you put them on one of the main shows or do you say, well, no, we need them on Wednesday nights? Like, I think that's an interesting way now to look at the talent that we might have thought. Yeah, like we know for the past three, four years, we've looked at talent on NXT and then theorized about who should be moving up, who's ready to move up. And now it's like a different way to look at it because you may need these people on Wednesday nights. So I'm definitely, and I'll be honest, I am rooting for AEW, but if they want to keep the Street Profits on Wednesdays to be the counterpart in battle against a private party, Street Profits win all day. I, I, I And I, it doesn't even matter about in-ring. The characters are just, like you said, lar- larger than life. They're, they're, there's no balance to the character there. No balance at all. The comedy, like it's real comedy. Like, I, I mean, their, their skit, I think it was like a week or two ago when all the, all the rappers were, were tweeting them. Uh, it, it was, it was dreadful. <laughs> they were getting fake tweets from, from Eminem and Drake and all these people. And it, it was, it was terrible, but, uh, the street profits, they, they do some hilarious stuff on raw every week. Yeah, because yeah, and like they get they're they're in a big spotlight. Cause how many times they get cut to on Raw? It's like every other segment they get cut to to do a rundown or whatever. Their their segments at this point are borderline up there with Truth segments and um, Firefly Funhouse. <laughs> it's literally is. I mean, if they keep going at this rate and they keep hitting and hitting and hitting, and if they could just not only just hit, just get a little better, a little better, a little better. I mean, I could see in a week or two from now, you're just like, I'm just looking forward to seeing the Street Profits. Like, those guys from one day. Like, you don't even need to see them in the ring. Just let me get that backstage segment. So, before we move on to some other stuff, um, I'm glad we kind of had, like, a long conversation about some of the kind of, like, bigger ideas of what's happening on Wednesday nights. But, so, I'm just going to talk about two things specifically. One thing that was maybe my, like, my personal highlight from watching dynamite and then my one major con so i'll start with the highlight i texted you guys uh during the the women's championship match 
And within 30 seconds, I was like, oh, my God, this is horrible. This is embarrassing. Like, how could they let this be on their debut show? Like, this, I'm cringing watching it. And I think I, I texted, like, should I expect this to get any better? And basically the answer was no. But 10 minutes later, wrong. 10 minutes late, within 10 minutes, I, like, emotionally, physically reacted to two near falls back to back. And then when it ended, I was like, oh, my God, like, that shit completely won me over. I was so invested in this match, so invested in the winner. Like, I actually got that, like, excitement when it ended. I was like, I didn't see that coming. Like, they actually got a real legitimate, like, reaction out of me as a wrestling fan in a match that when it started, I was like, I might have to, like, do the cliche bathroom break during this. And it won me (laughs) over. Alo? Yeah. um, About now... Other than the fact that there was going to be a new champion crowd, you guys got to admit, when you saw the, when you knew who was in this match, you guys were completely underwhelmed, I'm assuming, correct? Yeah, I had no, like, I had no okay. attachment to it, no excitement for it. I really okay. didn't know much about either. I mean, yeah. I knew who Nyla Rose was, but I was, uh, yeah, I was not into it. And definitely, to me, I was like, whoa, this pales in comparison to whatever NXT is going to do with their women tonight. Yeah, and well, everything we've grown accustomed to with, even though the women's division isn't always handled well on Raw and SmackDown, we've become accustomed to to it being really good. And I was like, this is not that. But somehow those two women and the crowd, like like I said, like one just won me over during that. Ma- I don't know how it happened. I don't know why, but I was just like blown away by the fact that I actually really, cared about you, it. At you the got end. behind the baby face. And she was getting her <laughs> tail kicked and she kept being strong and she kept trying to do suicidal things. She kept trying to do some strength, strength feats that didn't make sense and they would almost work and then they would fall and you'd be genuinely concerned. And we all know how you care about people's well-being. Like, <laughs> how many times did you think she broke in half? Yeah, a, a few. By her own. <laughs> By her own choice. Yeah. It wasn't always just Nyla being her. There was times she was trying to do counters, and it's like, oh, okay, she broke her neck. She <laughs> broke her back. She is dead. Yeah, so I was in the same boat with Pash about when the Flash first time, I'm like, oh, God, this isn't going to go well or whatever. But over time, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm into this. But Pat, when Pash asked the question earlier, what the AEW do differently to WWE? And I'm, I'm pointing out right here. We always talk about how WWE does a terrible job at booking Japanese talent. And AEW from the jump put an emphasis on the Japanese talent by making Rio, Rio the AEW Women's Champion right from the jump. So she's already automatically a big deal because uh, honestly... What breakout? What breakout Japanese star has really been a big deal in the states? Through our whole through our whole time watching wrestling, that's just from Japanese descent. And AEW, right from the jump, they made her a big deal. When they said nobody cared less, and she put on a hell of a performance. I thought. Yeah, I think it's good. I was thinking I about that with a lot of the, uh, like Latino talent. Is like, is AEW going to be a better place for these guys? Like, are they going to be prominent? Are they going to be they're already presented that. well? And I, I think, yeah, they're already ahead of where big WWE Mexican tag has team, been. big Puerto Rican tag team. Yeah, like I think it's, I think it's interesting, and I think it's like, 
we could talk about from the fan perspective how good this is to have this new avenue, like this new product to watch and some new competition that hopefully will, like they say, what do they say, like a rising tide lifts all, all ships or whatever. Like this may make things better for fans in general, but I think like for talent, it gives them an option of like I can go here and have a chance to flourish. Um, now my con, oh, go ahead, Eck. I was going to say, to piggyback on what you guys said about that match, um, if there was 14,000 people in that venue, there's probably 10,000 people that did not give a damn about that match when it started. Uh, there was a guy sitting right by me. He was just like this one guy we've seen at countless house horror shows where he is just belligerently chewing the people in the ring out. And it was – he didn't see Nyla Rose versus uh, – uh, Rio, he didn't see it. He saw um, Nia Jax versus Kyrie Sane, and he chanted their names over and over. He sounds like over. my kind of guy. I feel like I would have loved sitting near this guy. Oh, Pastor I push him in the face. Me, me, me and him were the guys shoving each other, like when we like when it was hype. But when the match started switching, he's like, "Oh, f bomb, Oscar, f bomb, Kyrie, Rio is." unbelievable and he's going and then he's like he's like f naya this girl's more of a monster and you know the like oh it was so like, you're saying this dickhead actually turned around and, and he turned around that's what i'm saying like i'm 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 sitting in my chair and so I'm they the even text. won over I'm, the biggest like dickheadish type of fan i like when i say there was four thousand people invested ten thousand not by the time it ended there was fourteen thousand fifty people Invested. When I say 50, the freaking security guards around the venue watching the screens, they were freaking out about what was going on. <laughs> there was people that were trying to mind their damn business and do their job that were looking at the screens like, holy shit, what is happening? Uh, the, the match was great. I had the lowest expectations you could have for it. Uh, it was great. It over-delivered. Uh, Rio, I'm a fan after it. Uh, the right person won. It was the huge babyface moment of the show, the biggest one of the show. I mean, when you go to Victor Wise, at least. Yeah, like I, I really, I like I said, it's it's rare that I'm watching wrestling, and something happens that I'm like, wow, how did they get me to feel this way? And I really was like, I don't know what happened. I I don't know how I got to this place. And some of it was the crowd. Like I almost wonder if the four thousand you're talking about, like, basically was. Like, did they carry the other 10,000 people along with, like, how much of it had to do with the crowd getting the rest of the crowd involved? Like, I don't know. I'd assume yeah. the crowd was probably equally involved to the two people in the ring. Yeah, I think, I would say the crowd, and including myself, I think it was one of those things, like, you don't care, but it's not, and again, I'm sure a lot of people, if not all of them, they've been to WWE shows where you see a match and, like, you don't care about the match, but it's just there, and this is time to be on your phone or whatever. But then you look up, and the match, it doesn't go good, so it's just it's a match. But this match that you didn't care about got better and better and better and better. And, like, every one of the fans were a fish. Your hook, line, your sink, and it's, it was gangbusters. Yeah, like, I have to applaud them for – and granted, I am someone who is open – to like being proven wrong or open to being won over, but like it, it just really surprised me, and I thought it needed to be, to be said. And then my big con was, I like I was just really, 
disappointed by the way they ended the show. By like the the way they presented Jack Swagger as like a big reveal. <laughs> like cuz to me it rang as like anyone we can get who's been in WWE, let's bring him in and act like they're a big deal. And it's like Vince this guy was this guy was dog shit in WWF or WWE. He sucked there. He was boring there. Like he's he's nobody. He's nothing. He sucks. And I'm like, why are you presenting this guy as a big deal? But here's the, here's the weird thing, is for some reason, the 14,000 people in attendance reacted to him as if he is what WWE thinks Brock Lesnar is. Like, that was the reaction he got. Whatever it is WWE thinks Brock is, that's the way he was received in AEW. I don't understand it. And to me, that was like a... A very big miscalculation. Like maybe I'll be proven wrong on this too, but I was like, "What? Like what the hell are you thinking? Why this guy? Why are you on your debut show? Are you end your big hook to come back next week? Is this guy who sucked in WWE? You're supposed to be the alternative, and you're giving me a guy who I associate with. Like when I thought WWE was shit and I stopped watching it. Like that's what you gave me at the end of the show." Uh, am I being too harsh on them for this, or is this like a legitimate criticism? Legitimate. I I think it's legitimate because when there, there has been rumors for the past couple of days prior that he was going to be the the big surprise, and I was just like, ah oh, man, it, like you can't like you got the high hope for Punk, or then like you got hopes for just so many different people are like, I thought even if Ortiz and Santana, who I don't, I can't tell you who's who, but let's, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. I can't tell you which one's which, but it would have been a better surprise. Um, the, the positive I do like, it wasn't just him coming out and him helping one person. I, I number one, I like that. He's a heel because I look at it this way. I was never a fan of him. You were never a fan of him. If he's going to be a heel and part of a heel faction, it should be easy to dislike him. Uh, I also, another thing I do like where, just to piggyback off what I just said, I like that this is a faction of a large amount of people because aside from their counterpart on Wednesdays with the Undisputed Era and a short stint with the Wyatt family, we haven't seen a faction of like more than three people in a long time. I mean, I guess you could say the authority, but that didn't last. Yeah. Ayla, what are your thoughts? Oh, yeah, it's legitimate, Pash. Uh, and, and WWE, they tried so hard to make him work. Like, even when he first came and they shot him straight to the – he won the ECW title. Then a year later, he wins the world title. He comes back a year, a couple years later. They, he, they put him in a marquee match at WrestleMania – doesn't get over. Like they strapped the rocket to this guy's back, and the only thing that you could think of when you think of Jack Swagger is "We the People," and so, he got a big "We the People" chant. Yeah, that's it. Out there. That's to me, it. this is like the equivalent of in like 1999, if WCW brought in like Dan Severin, Lex Luger, <laughs> like, and maybe even Dan Severin is like. Better than Jack Swagger, like that to me. That's that's what it's like. It's like this guy is not worth this. He's not worth that spot. He's not like that's your surprise. Who the hell cares? Like to me, like I said, that was my big disappointment. 
it really like and it's it's a shame because I had I actually had fun watching wrestling live for two hours and then that left me with a bad taste in my mouth the rest of the night. Now I woke up today and was just kind of like, well, that was cool. Like I watched live wrestling and I had fun and I engaged with you guys about wrestling for a couple hours, which I haven't done while it's been going on live in a while. And like, I I enjoyed the show. So like, I hope that this doesn't linger for me. And I hope it's not something that like turned off some people because I'm, I'm sure there are some people that are like, Oh, I don't want anything to do with Jack Swagger. Now, maybe he's not bad enough that it turns people off, but I, I really just felt like it was a bad idea on their part, and I, I don't understand it. I'll never understand it. Um, yeah, I just don't get it. And to me, it's the very definition. Like, you know, I'll say, like, oh, this guy here is, like, just a wrestler. Like, I'll talk about Roderick Strong like that. But even though I, I look at, at Roderick Strong and say he's just a wrestler, he's just another guy, at least he is that guy that has like that certain segment, like a passionate segment of the fan base that is into him. Jack Swagger, like who the hell was ever into Jack Swagger? <laughs> Nobody. So like he truly is just a guy in the truest sense of the word. He's just a guy who happened to be in WWE don't, for a while. Don't forget our truth is theme music his first fight. Yeah, I didn't forget that. <laughs> um, yeah, Alo, like, what stood out? Like, what stood out specifically in this show for you? Um, well, we talked, we hit on the AEW Women's Title match, but, but about the storytelling they did and how they got everybody to care when nobody did because of the un- underwhelming names in the match. I thought, <clears throat> I thought Cody shined up Sammy, Sammy Guevara real well with the, beating him with the inside cradle after the. Got his knees up during the high flying attempt. Uh, Brandy, my guy, gorilla. Um, <laughs> but uh, like the wins and loss things, win the loss things. I talked about that earlier. That matters a lot. But other than that, I think it was a general wrestling show. But it's new, so everybody will gravitate towards new because it look it looks different and it is different. And of course, MJF, of course, still on the show against against the guy that you could Brandon. What was his name? Brandon Cutler. Brandon Cutler. Yeah. Brandon Cutler, who you'll just. You could take him, Ash. Like, I on. have no doubt. Uh, yeah, MJF really did shine. I like. I think he's a guy that, in a year, is going to be like known by people who aren't diehard wrestling fans. Like, I think we're gonna get. Like, I, I won't be surprised if over the next year we start getting like MJF memes and MJF gifts. And Prep made the comment. That, like, MJF is so great, then he wrestles. But, like, I think his style of wrestling is exactly what it needs to be for what his character is. Like, his over-the-top selling, like, I'm laughing out loud. Like, when he took that slap and was stumbling around from getting (laughs) slapped, like, I thought it was perfect. There's stuff he does that it's like, for anybody else, it would look bad. But for me, that character, I think it's, like, exactly how he should be. Um... There's another point I was just going to make. I forget what it was, though. Oh, so, like, one of the things I had in my notes, I didn't ask this, but, like, one of the things I was curious about was, like, did AEW do anything other than, like, just being new? But I think, like, to Alo's point about the idea of wins and losses matter and the way these things are booked long term, I think maybe that's, like, a good way for them to be and that's a good way to be different because they can get by on being new for a couple months probably. 
And then by the time the newness wears off, you'll start seeing like how the wins and losses matter. You'll start seeing like the investments that they make in their storytelling, how they pay off in a couple months. So maybe when it stops being new, it'll just be a good product that we're all kind of invested in and has kind of built itself where it doesn't have to just be new. But that was my worry a little bit is like, do they have anything to really hold you other than the fact that it's new? And I think we'll see over the next couple months whether they can build that up. They weren't going to be able to prove last night alone, this is what we are, this is why you want to watch us instead of WWE. Like, that has to take time for them to get to that point. They have to build it to that point. So it would be unfair for me, really, to ask that question after one week. Like, did they solidify themselves as the anti-WWE? You can't do that in one week against a company that's been in existence for generations already. Um... Eck, any final thoughts on AEW? Yeah, my my final thought, happy with what I've seen. I hope the, the best for them. I think, um, I think in the battle of trying to get former fans to return to the product or get casual fans to tune in more, I think in the Wednesday night battle, my honest opinion, I think, the the new factor gives AEW an edge, and I think it gives them an edge in the long haul. Uh, I said this with the whole Finn Balor thing. I think uh, Cody Rhodes said in an interview like this past week, hyping up everything. He said he ran into an old lady at the airport, and the old lady said, uh, "I'm I'm here to see see you, and I'm a I'm a returner." And he looked, and he's like, "I I like that term." And he said in his head, "He's like I like that." Like somebody returning, or you could say, you know, the lapsed fan, or you know, someone that used to watch WCW, somebody that used to be anti New York. I don't see anything with the association of WWE, whether it's Wednesday and it's just NXT, it's still WWE, WWE's in their logo. I think if you're gonna tune in a wrestling, there's a stigma of anything that is associated with WWE. There's a stigma, I know what this is gonna be, and the show on Wednesday isn't going to move the needle for them. I think whole new faces. I think I think the the main event is a testament, despite like Jericho. Jericho's not hate. Jericho's never been my. I know, and no one here is going to say this. And Jericho's never been the reason anyone was turned off on wrestling. No one ever was watching a Chris Jericho promo, a highlight reel, or a match that said, "You know what? After this, I'm not watching anymore." So I think what we got to see in that main event. If you watch that match and you see all the carnage that happened and all the characters that were in there, uh, I want to see this again. I want to watch this again. So I think in the long haul, I, I think they got the edge, and that's all I can root for. Yeah, and I guess the last thing I'll say, I'll mention the WWE statement congratulating AEW on their first show. Um, to me, so... I know I've talked about this before, about my view on, like, a young Triple H, like, back in the DX days and when he was running around with with Sean and when he was running around with the New Age Outlaws. I always viewed Triple H as, like, a very insecure guy, like, a jealous, insecure guy, like, jealous of The Rock, probably jealous of Stone Cold, but would probably want to be, like friends with those guys he actually strikes me in real life you know how i've described sasha banks as like her interactions with bailey is like she's bailey's best friend when she feels like she's doing better than bailey 
and she can root for Bailey as long as it is Bailey's not going to be outshining her. And then the second Bailey's outshining her, she's a terrible friend all of a sudden. I kind yeah. of view Triple H like that, like that kind of petty, insecure, jealous guy. And this WWE statement read like that, like Sasha Banks and Bailey to me. Like, I'll be very gracious to you because we're still WWE. We're still bigger, bigger than you. We're still better than you. So we're going to be very gracious. But if, say, two years from now, AEW Dynamite is getting three and a half million viewers, I don't feel like WWE is going to be so cordial to them anymore. Well, I'm glad you brought this up. And some people don't know how to be, num- be number two. They only know how to be number one. So that goes hand in hand with the troll Triple H thing. Yeah. So your goat, Chris Jericho, <laughs> part Bleach Report, commented on WWE's statement congratulating AEW. He says, they're embarrassed. I know how they work. They kind of start this war, and the very first that they got destroyed. Yeah, so one, I do think Jericho is saying that partially in character. I think anyone that thinks... So, Michael Vick, Ayla, I don't know if you'll remember this. Eck, I don't know if you remember this, because this was a while ago. This was maybe like 2006. Michael Vick, when he was with the Falcons, was being criticized for not being a good quarterback, for not being able to like pass the football. He had never had a 300-yard passing game in his career, and he goes out one game and throws for like 303 yards. And he goes in the press conference after, he's like, okay, that's a wrap, like, I just proved I'm a great quarterback. We don't have to talk about it anymore. It's like, dude, you did it one time. Like, do it again. But, like, just because you threw for 300 yards one time doesn't mean all of a sudden you're a great quarterback. I feel like them spanking NXT in the ratings on their debut week when they had every advantage going into it, to me that didn't prove anything. To me what proves it is if six months from now they're still doing better than NXT. If six months from now their ratings are stable or growing, but them having a really good first week is nothing really they should be bragging about. Like they should have done really well last night in the sports entertainment category. You got to talk it. Oh yeah, and I'm and Jericho is the one guy that I'm like he's been around, he's been there, like he's been on that side of it, he's been around forever. Like Jericho to me in the world of wrestling can do and say whatever he wants. He's earned that right. Uh, but to me, anyway, and fans acting like, up, oh, yep, AEW killed them. Like, dude, give it time because you don't know. Like, you don't know yet. One week is not like it didn't prove anything. They had a great first night. Be happy with that. But like, I do think what was in WWE statement that this is a marathon, not a sprint, is true because the Monday Night Wars were a marathon. If you took a snapshot of WWE versus or WWF versus WCW for what 82 weeks in a row if you just looked at each individual week you would say WWF is going to go out of business and because it was over the long haul WWF overcame it that's the way AEW should be thinking is big picture not right now WWE uh, AEW just needs to go 82 more weeks in a row to just break the, the streak I mean I'd love that if they beat NXT 82 weeks in a row I'll, I'll never shut up about it if they do go 82 weeks in a row. Um, but, yeah, but I, I will say this. I do think, even though I hate WWE, I hate, like, kind of what they stand for, and I don't think it was 100% genuine, 
I don't think we as fans should necessarily be criticizing WWE for congratulating this other company for being successful because getting a show on the air is a big deal. Doing a two-hour live production is an achievement. And I truly believe that like, if AEW is successful, it probably in a way helps WWE because, like we said kind of at the beginning of this episode, we're entering a period where the average TV, TV viewer might start viewing wrestling as something other than like a weirdo thing to watch. Like, oh, this is like, there's some buzz around it now that people might be like, oh, let me check this out. Or they won't think you're like a loser for watching it. So I think AEW ultimately can be beneficial to WWE as well. Uh, so Hell in a Cell. Yeah, is it accurate that there's only three matches on this show? What? There's only three matches listed on this card right now. It's Thursday. This show happens in three days. There are three cards official, or three matches official. I guess, I guess you're right. Seth Rollins. Big SmackDown vibes. Sasha Banks versus Becky Lynch. And uh, Roman and Daniel Bryan versus the Bludgeon Brothers. There is nothing else advertised for this card. You're right. Not How do you go into... Now, granted, are you going to make eight matches on SmackDown on Friday? Like, what, what are they doing? What if we get a two-hour pay-per-view? Well, then I won't complain. <laughs> Probably. Like, what? How is that possible? Like, I was blown away when I looked I at guess, it today. I guess they're making SmackDown a real big deal tomorrow. I guess. I mean, and it makes sense. So, do you think this leads to a Brock match at Hell in a Cell? It depends on uh, if you think maybe we don't get a finish on Friday and then Brock gets a title match on Dominic comes in and snaps. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. So we have three matches officially to preview right now. So we'll start with Seth Rollins and The Fiend. Obviously, The Fiend got one over on Seth again this week on Raw. Um, We had. An interesting, a pretty long episode of Firefly Funhouse this week. Uh, I don't know how much it really moved anything forward, but I don't know. Do either of you have any like new or interesting thoughts on the Fiend versus Seth Rollins? Um, I my small detail. I would have enjoyed more if I know Rusev was tied up with his whole wife locking lips with Bobby Lashley, but. I would have enjoyed it more if the lights went out and Rusev was attacked by the Fiend. I, I don't think ba- uh, Rollins needed it at this point. It makes it. I, I'm not. Dis- I'm not really set on that. Rollins loses. My prediction is that he loses, but I wouldn't be surprised if it goes left. Hmm. They screwed. They screwed um, Wyatt before. They have uh, well over documented over and over and mm-hmm. over and over. Uh huh. Alo, for you, anything like new or interesting you feel like with these two? No, not at all, because they actually put emphasis on those young whippersnappers, Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair for Crown Jewel. And Team Richard catch- versus Team Terry at Crown yeah. Jewel. Uh like Rick, you want some money? Come on, come to Saudi Arabia. We'll give you some money. So they put emphasis on that. So that took away a lot from the whole Seth match, Seth and Fiend match. But I think that they were just trying to put emphasis on the whole season premiere thing. Because like, like I said, nothing really moved forward. Like the Firefly Funhouse was long, but not much came out of it. Except they, they were terrified of the Fiend again. Yeah. But 
And I, I must say, that was the best selling Lana ever did. <laughs> that, and the one time I cheered for Bob. <laughs> I thought it was cringeworthy. And then the tweet about it, like I said, I, I said this in a group chat, worse than the old day for me. I I was like Ziggler was Ziggler was walking around with his raw tag belt like been there done that. <laughs> uh, so Alo, who wins? Uh, I'll go with, I'll go with the Fiend because you can't mess Bray Wyatt up twice. I'm gonna go with the Fiend also. Eck, how about you? Universe or uh, I can't even say the word. Unanimous. But yeah, unanimous. <laughs> unanimous. Um. I'm still busy thinking about this uh, Rusev versus Bobby with Lana or a pole match. <laughs> Which we might get. They need to fill time on Sunday night, so who knows? Maybe they'll save it for heat. <laughs> uh, and Sasha versus Becky. I did see um, their interaction on Monday night. Uh, Becky getting the better of her physically and then roasting her on the mic with Sasha out in the crowd. Um I'm excited for this match. I think it'll be really good. Uh, I still feel like Sasha is the one to dethrone Becky, but Ayla, I'll go to you first on this one. Do you think that, do you feel like Sasha has already lost steam from when she came back? Yeah, because they're not, we talked about it last week, they were teaming her and Bailey up. And at the same time, we're, pre- we're previewing this show without watching SmackDown because SmackDown hasn't happened yet because they switched days. So there's not much to go off of. You know, they had the, the backstage brawl last week when Sasha threw her into the fence. And Sasha had the, the promo backstage this week against Becky. And Becky, uh, I did like Becky's on commentary. Yeah, the, chim- the champ got her steam back. <laughs> yeah. Because they brought back Pyro in the steam. Well, I, forgot, I forgot all about that. But, uh, yeah, they haven't really done much because they integrated Bailey. And we we lose an episode now to preview the show, so I think they lost a lot of steam because it hasn't been for them two going at each other directly. It's been being integrated with Bailey and Charlotte as well. Yeah, and I guess you're right. It'll make it tough for us to I think preview some of these pay per views because we're doing it before we see SmackDown. It's going to be an interesting way to to kind of talk about SmackDown when we're doing it the day before it airs. Like I don't, I kind of don't even know how we we handle it. Uh, Eck, any thoughts on Sasha and Becky, or do you just want to give a prediction? I'm just going to dive into prediction. Uh, I think the title changes, and uh, I'm looking forward to the match. I am so. I am going to say that Sasha wins the title because. Um, well, wait a minute. No, because if if Sasha wins the title, she's the SmackDown. It's the Smack. Does she the SmackDown or the Raw? Raw, Raw, Raw. Okay, Bailey SmackDown. So yes, I think that Sasha wins because I believe that they want Becky Lynch on SmackDown, and I don't think she could be on SmackDown as the Raw Women's Champion. So I'm gonna say Sasha wins the title for that reason alone. Alo, how about you? Sasha. Okay, so we're unanimous on that one. And then the third and final match that we have, Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan versus the Bludgeon Brothers, uh, Luke Harper and Rowan. I don't even really know what to, to make of this because it's like, do you just have those two win because you just put them together and you've like kind of built them into like this terrorizing group? 
No, they don't. They don't care about that. The baby faces go over. So you have the no only doubt. way the baby faces don't go over is if Daniel Bryan got tough love from them and he joins back with them. Hmm. Yeah, Ayla, what do you think? I don't know. <laughs> I really don't. But I think I think Bryan and Roman will actually get this one out. I mean, I think this solely depends on is Daniel Bryan back to truly being a babyface or is this like a pause and then after Sunday he's still the heel Daniel Bryan. Uh, I'm going to say that Roman and Daniel Bryan win. Uh, and I hope everyone enjoys this three-match pay-per-view that WWE is giving to us on Sunday night. A uh, couple things. Um Carmella documenting her reign as the 24-7 champion on social media I think is excellent. <laughs> like every every task that she does throughout the day I think is great. The gym one was great when she was doing flies. Yeah. So good. And it's always like, you know, manicure slash champing. <laughs> I, I thoroughly enjoy that use of social media. Um, and did you guys notice anything different or better about Raw this week. Like, I know they obviously have the new stage. I think it looked better on TV. Obviously, some extra effects and things like that. We mentioned the steam and the pyro. Did you get a different feeling watching Raw this week than you have leading up to this week? Or was it kind of just the same old thing dressed up a little better? Uh, I'll, I'll say the same thing twice. Lipstick on a pig, so to speak. I thought the beginning hour or so was really good. I I know uh, the consensus, you know, I know we're not all fans of Brock, but I enjoyed his segment, Killing Ray and His Son. Um, I hated the ending. I absolutely hated the ending. Uh, I believe in all of our maturity, if you don't get what you want, but if it's still delivered well, the show can be well. If you get a bad ending, it ruins the show. And I saw all over social media the next day about how good Raw was. So I asked Raul because I watched at his house. Look, look, man, you don't watch this stuff often. What do you think of? But he's like, ah, man, I thought the beginning was awesome. He's like that. He's like, I don't know who that was with the mustache, that Rollins face. And <laughs> you're, you told me that was his wife that was kissing the black dude. I was like, yeah, this is like real life white. What? That was his wife. Why would they put that on TV? <laughs> so. I think that as a diehard fan that I've already seen his wife do that, I think it's stupid. So not impressed with the season premiere. No. And Alo, what about you? I thought the first hour was good, but I think it's just after the first hour or so, you get adjusted to the new look. And after a while, it feels the same. But I thought the match, like we've been saying for the past couple of months, that the match quality I thought was fantastic. I thought AJ and Cedric had a good match for the U.S. title. Cedric still. Not valid, not winning gold, but for, for whatever reason, uh, Sasha and Alexa, that was fun. The Brock Dominic thing, that was I didn't expect that because we were like, what the hell's Brock Lesnar doing out here? It's like Rey Mysterio. Dominic's pants more tighter than mine. That's hard to believe. <laughs> but it, it felt different for the most part. But we'll see how it goes next week. Yeah, nothing too new. To, they, they, they didn't really bring out anything really new. Like, not new, not new camera angles or anything. Nothing to make it feel different. Just the stage and oh, the commentary team. 
I love Vic Joseph, but Dio Madden, horrible. The best thing he did was say, scream no when Lana kissed Bob. <laughs> Doesn't surprise me that it wasn't good. Uh, yeah, there's literally nothing, absolutely nothing they could do with Brock Lesnar that uh, I could give two shits about. No, nothing. Like anything he's involved in, I could not possibly care any less about. I don't want to dwell on it too much. Mm-hmm. But just a fantasy book. And if Dave Meltzer's fantasy rumor that is not likely to happen, but it was the point of the promo. I don't know if did you read this? No. So you have Mexican hero Rey Mysterio get demolished by Brock Lesnar. You have his son get demolished by Brock Lesnar. And if this is just to bring Cain Velasquez in, would you get behind it? If Cain Vel- if I got to watch Cain Velasquez legit knock Brock Lesnar out again, yes, I'd be involved. Be involved in it because I loved watching Brock get his ass beat by Cain Velasquez. Bring in every washed-up UFC guy. Bring in Alistair Overeem. Anyone who has knocked out Brock Lesnar, bring him in there. Granted, I think they may be the only two, but Cain Velasquez killed Brock. I would love to see him kill Brock again. So yes, I would. I might even resubscribe to the WWE Network to watch that one if I got to see it again. Uh, but I don't think he's going to get to knock Brock out again for a shoot, so I don't. I think that would take some of my interest away. Uh, so the product that is truly going to capture me is the product that just becomes a good TV show. You don't have to be a good wrestling show. You don't have to give me the best matches. You have to give me the best hour, the best two hours of TV that you can give me. And I don't know that any of these promotions are actually going to do that. But speaking about good TV show, Alo, per your request, I did watch Total yes. Divas this week. I watched the see what is it, the season nine premiere. Yes. And I thought it was actually good. The, isn't the writing fantastic? It is. I think the writing is good. I think the editing is really good. <laughs> like I, it's it's a really well put together. TV program. I enjoyed it. I thought it was entertaining. My guess is a better hour than anything else WWE is going to do this week. They did great in the ratings, too. Did they? No. Oh, I was going to say, I have no idea. I think it was their lowest rating ever. Oh, wow. With with Ronda at the helm? That's crazy, right? With Mr. and Mrs. Rousey? Headlining? Rousey. So, I'm not going to ever utter the term Browsy, I'm either going to call him Travis Rousey or I'm going to call him WWE's Kevin Federline because he's one of those two things. Because when I watched it today, I was like, oh my God, Pastor, I feel it. There's, you, you would think Travis Brown's one of the divas. You, uh, well, he is. <laughs> he's not a fighter. I know that. <laughs> so he might as well be one of the divas. He's not doing anything else. Nia Jax is not a nice lady. No, so it's funny. Nia Jax is basically has taken on the persona. Like, the IWC swallowed up Nia Jax, and she became that. The IWC to the IWC. Yeah, like, well, she's not the IWC to the IWC. She just became the IWC the way she's like, oh, Car- Carmella, she, I, don't, I don't respect her work. Her, she's not convincing. She's making everyone else's stuff look bad. Like you are the, you became the IWC consumed you and you became them. Like you're criticizing. 
Yeah, it, it was kind of annoying. And meanwhile, she's the shits. Right. And then she and then she lied on Carmella to end the show about Nikki. Right. Like, How dare you? Yeah, that's she not what Carmella said. She did not. She just said she used that as an example of her taking some hits. Uh huh. <laughs> Which was true. Yeah. I see. I, I didn't like that. Uh, and Nia Jax. <laughs> Nia Jax. I don't want to badmouth you, so I'm going to try not to. But you are related to The Rock. You pretty much have had every advantage in this company that one woman could have had. And Carmella has still outshined you. The stuff that Carmella has done with Truth is infinitely better than anything you have ever done. And maybe that's why you're really upset. Because you think you should be better than her and you're not. Uh, So I don't want to personally attack Nia Jax. You seem like... You seem to me, when I met you at the Performance Center, to be a perfectly nice human being, so I don't want to attack you personally, but you started this war, and you didn't, uh, you didn't give me any choice. So, yeah, I am on Team Mella when it comes to that. Also, one of my favorite bits of editing was the little montage they put together of Carmella telling everyone on the roster yes. what Nia said to her. <laughs> and my favorite moment of the whole thing was seeing Scott Dawson's reaction with the reveal that she said, I'm not genuine. He did like the, like the wide open eyes, the wide open mouth. I thought it was hysterical. Um, but yeah, I, I, I thought it was a very enjoyable show, and I almost wish that we did not already know about Corey Graves and Carmella, because I feel like that would have been a great reveal It would have on Total Divas. Like, the fact that they're, like, teasing it, but we already know what it is. Yeah. It's kind of like, ah, uh, it, it takes some of the, no pun intended, it takes some of the steam away from it, which I know we've mentioned steam a few times already. Typical uh, wrestling spoilers. But it was a good show. Uh, there's a better than decent chance that I'll watch episode two. Because <laughs> I think maybe it's worth, it's worth giving five minutes of airtime on Matt Madness every week to, uh, to WWE's Kevin Federline. Working, feeding the chickens and, and the llamas or whatever. How, how long does it take to hit the network? Uh, I'm not sure. I, I haven't watched Total Divas in a long time. But once I saw Travis Brown was on there, that's why I bought. I recommended the bash because I just bash the shit on Tra- Travis Brown any chance you can get. Yeah, for me. Yeah, I don't think I have scrapped in two and a half or three years, and I still have won a fight more recently than <coughs> than Travis Rousey. So <laughs> Travis Rousey. Um, I'm trying to think if there is anything else that I wanted to to mention. I feel like there were a couple tweets that I saved. Um, oh, I guess so. The last thing I'll say is apparently Fox has a lot of say so over WWE programming. And do you think that this is what Vince McMahon needs? He needs he needs someone to be to him what everyone says he was to Vince Russo. Like they say, Vince McMahon re- reigned in Vince Russo, and that's why we got such good stuff out of Vince Russo for all these years. Mm-hmm. Do we need someone to rein in Vince and point him in the right direction the same way? Well, I, th- I think he's woken up. So with the whole AEW stuff, I think he's woken up a bit. He needs to go focus on the XFL. Please go do that. Your your soon to be failed football league. Uh, go focus on that. Spend your money and your time on that and leave the wrestling up to someone who does a better job of it. 
Um, all right. So, any final thoughts from anybody before we we close this out? Uh, guess I'm not going to Boston next week. No, ruled it no. out. Yeah, it's a damn shame. Boston is going to miss out. Too cold. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Alo, any final thoughts from you? I don't want to bang a hooker with that accent. <laughs> well, Bessie, we can't take somebody to Florida. <laughs> Took you long enough. I'm yeah. out of here. <laughs> that went completely over my head. Uh, Alo, would you like to move some merch? <laughs> what a maneuver I to embrace the madness. All right. He, he's a wild bull. <laughs> so subscribe on iTunes. He did book a show for Minnesota. I'm out. <laughs> subscribe on iTunes. Please leave a five star rating and review for Ek to Fly, Eric Trembicki. For Mr. Wednesday Night Live, we call him Alo. The ladies call him Balo, Aaron Lloyd. I am Ron Pashery Jr. And we will see you next week. Hop up the top rope, but the land with the elbow. Got them now, put them down right now. Hit them with the palm handle. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. Fist of Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again. Fans marking man, man, I hate my balls. Shut the mystery man, it ain't safe to land. Off the cell, fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome. Well, what I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.